welcome to another episode of Questionable Questions, where I speak upon my parenting style and ask those questions we are so scared to ask to ourselves. I will also talk with my husband, children, family, and friends, and ask those questionable questions that we sometimes fear to hear the answers to. Hey guys, so there's been a lot that has been going on simultaneously in my life and that hits pretty hard. And one thing that uh that just came on my heart that I want to speak about is like co-parenting. Um I actually am experiencing co-parenting on both ends of the spectrum. So I have a parent that I cannot co-parent with, Um, not for the lack of me trying, but just we just can't seem to be on the same page in the same book of the same year. And then I have the utmost perfect, almost perfect co-parenting experience with with the other parent. So it's it's been a journey. It's been a journey. And uh there's just some things that's been happening that I just just wanted to speak quickly about it. And like co-parenting with my ex-husband and how it has negatively impacted Mason is really hard to speak about because a lot of people would say, well, you knew what type of person he was, so you get what you get. But the thing is, is like when we're in relationships and when we're in love with a person, we tend to be blind to those red flags. And if we do see them, we kind of just be like, well, he only did it with them because, or he hasn't done it with me, so he wouldn't do it with me. And those, that, that's just not right, to be honest with you. And, um, So people just need to like keep their opinions to themselves for some on some things, because I bet there's things if I look into your life that I would see and I would be like, well, you should have known better. And you could easily be like, well, this is why. So that is that. But um, I did knew what type of father my ex-husband was and I knew I didn't want to have children with him. Hence a red flag. Okay. So when I found out I was pregnant, we actually just came back from our last trip to Puerto Rico where we told his father we were getting a divorce or at least separating for the time. And then prior to that trip, I had placed myself on birth control for months prior to this trip and took it faithfully because I was that adamant about not having children with this man because I knew I did not want to be with him forever. And then, but... We just, while in Puerto Rico, we had this, it was like a whole movie scene, like in the middle of a thunderstorm, had this big old argument, soaking wet, emotions running, and one thing led to another, and we can all guess how it led to my Mason Bacon. And although I was not planning on keeping the pregnancy, I'm quite happy I did, but in doing so, I have suffered a lot, and so has Mason more than I ever thought. Mason and I have been through a lot of trauma together from being around domestic violence, being semi-homeless, and being separated due to my mental health issues. 
And lately I've been seeing the results of all these traumas and I'm starting to question myself about keeping the pregnancy. Like, I love my Mason, don't get me wrong. I never want my child to hurt, though. I never want my child to have to deal with adult situations. But that's exactly what I did. And now I'm trying to rectify it because it's it's just become a lot. It's become a lot. For some background, my ex-husband and I was together for six years, married for three years. It was a good relationship at first, but then the toxicity flowed right on out. As I look back, I see all the red flags I've noticed, but purposely ignored because I wanted to be pregnant and start a family no matter who it was with. I was also still stuck in that mind frame that I wasn't going to find anything better. So I stuck around. I stayed in this toxic, abusive relationship, not only on his part, but mine as well. Then the dreaded day came, the day I knew that being homeless and broke and not knowing how I would feed my children came. It was a toxic, aggressive argument about something I can't even remember. Before I was before I was not in the mood for it, like I just didn't want to deal with it. Like the kids, it was already bedtime, the, kid, the older kids were asleep, and I just wanted to go to bed. To avoid it, I went to the kids' playroom and locked Mason and I in there. Mason was about two or three months old. My ex-husband became so upset that I was not trying to conversate with him that he kicked the playroom door in with no regards to the safety of his son whose playpen was near the door. I immediately picked Mason up and went to walk down the steps when he choked me up, held me over the steps, and let go. All I remember is praying to God to protect my son. I didn't care if I was injured or snapped my neck, but to please save my son. When we reached the bottom of the steps and I checked my son to ensure he was safe, I realized Mason was laughing. <laughs> like he was giggling. He thought it was a game, a ride he was on. At the moment, I knew if I didn't leave that, this would be his normal. He will think this toxicity is normal to have in relationships. And this is not what I wanted. This is what I was afraid for. This is not the way I want him to learn to treat his wife and children. I immediately called Stephen's father and told him to come get Stephen. And I told my husband if he didn't pack a bag and leave, I would call the police. That this is, this, this is it. It was it. I wanted a divorce. I went in a file folder and pulled the divorce papers out and told him to sign them, which he refused. Despite his refusal, I was having this divorce, whether he liked it or not. As you may think, I resented him for a long time. I held on to that anger for a very, very long time. And then I was like, I need to let it go because I need to come into my own light. I needed to forgive him despite him being sorry, not sorry for what he has done. But now I had to do parenting by myself or co-parenting with someone I didn't trust to teach our son as I would. And the co-parenting battle begun. Everything I asked for or asked if he could abide by to ensure Mason's routine and the things I exposed him to was like I was asking for a man to run through fire. He basically said he will do what he wants with his son and I can't tell him what to do. Eventually, I stopped communicating with him personally unless I absolutely had no choice. He was communicating with Mason through Mason's tablet prior to Mason having a phone. Now I leave it to Mason to keep the communication with him. So recently, as you guys may not know, Mason went to spend Christmas break with his dad. He ended up getting sick towards the end of that vacation. I had some concerns throughout this visit, and when I expressed these concerns, 
wish I could have communicated a little better, but I was angry at the situation my son was in. I was told that if I'm going to be a problem, that I can come get Mason and he doesn't have to come over here because his wife will have a problem with me expressing my concerns or making it hard for them. At that point, I knew that this was going to be Mason's last visit. But the topper was that Mason was sick. And instead of taking the time off of work to ensure his son is taken care of, I had to call my father to disrupt his schedule to go get Mason for me and take care of him because his father had to go to work. Mason wasn't just like a regular common cold sick. He was he was having fevers, lethargic, vomiting, and not eating or drinking fluids. His father said the only choice he had was to leave Mason at home alone with another 10-year-old. I was absolutely livid. My dad was livid as well. And just as quickly as I called him, within an hour, he had Mason in his care. When I finally made it to the East Coast to get the boys, I asked Mason how was his visit. He said he had an okay time with his dad despite him being home alone or sick. So I asked if he wanted to go back on his next school break, even though I knew I was going to say no or come up with any excuse as to why he can't go. He said he'd rather go and spend time with Steven and Steven's dad. And I just left it at that. When we got back home, Mason was still sick for a couple weeks. A month later, his father calls me and asks if Mason is fine. And I said, why don't you just call him? Then he explains how he tried calling him and texting him, but he never answered. I explained that sometimes Mason really just doesn't charge his tablet or his cell phone and he really doesn't care because he's home with his brother and I. And about a week or two after he asked, I asked Mason, like, oh, hey, Mason, have you ever called your dad back? He looked me in my eyes and said with the most serious face and tone, I'm not talking or calling my father because he doesn't even talk or call me. He doesn't look for me. I said, okay. And went about our day. I didn't even go any deeper into it. But it sucks that Mason has to deal with this. It sucks that I'm not able to co-parent with his father the way I can with Steven's dad. It hits even harder because he sees that his brother can call his father when he needs something. He sees that when he's with Steven's dad, he's acknowledged, cared for, and looked over. That if he had any questions or concerns, he knew he can speak to him. Raising sons prior to my current husband, I ensured they had positive male role models in their life. Mason has so many men in his life, but none of which are his father. And that way, Mason needs and wants a father, and that sometimes we are currently struggling with that. My current husband is an amazing father figure for Mason, but nothing will ever fill that void of wanting the love of your actual father. He's only 10 and already dealing with some adult feelings, which I never wanted for him. But all I can do is love on him and place people in his life that will do the same. As usual, thank you for listening to another episode of Questionable Questions. Please like, subscribe, share, and follow We are now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Please follow us on Instagram for all up-to-date information, and be sure to tune in next Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of Questionable Questions.